Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. And to get us started today, uh, I'm going to want to show a picture if we can get it up there. So I want to talk about this picture for a minute uh, and uh, kind of explain it a little bit. This picture was actually taken, I don't know, a couple weeks ago up in St. Joe, Michigan at a place called Lumberjacks uh, right there in St. Joe. And in this picture, pictured in the, uh, the pink shirt is my wife, Leah. Uh, and in the yellow, that's Aaron Simpson. That's Pastor Josh's wife. And Ashley Hahn. Some of you guys know Ashley, good friend of uh, the Poorman family. She's in the center. And there are a couple other ladies there that uh, they basically... Uh, uh, went to uh, up to St. Joe uh, to this place uh, called Lumberjacks to do what they, you can see it there, called Jack Smash. And Lumberjacks, it's, one, it's that axe-throwing place. Have I talked about that uh, like about a year ago uh, and that kind of thing? But they also have this thing that you can do uh, when you go up there, this Jack Smash thing, better known as a rage room. Somebody's even mouthing it as I'm saying. It's a rage room. Now, how many of you have ever heard of a rage room? Raise your hand. Okay, so many of you guys in the room. If you've never heard of a rage room, I want to kind of explain what a rage room is, okay? A rage room is a Essentially, you get to choose a weapon. Yes, you get to choose a weapon, right? Whether that's a bat or sledgehammer, pipe wrench, whatever. And you get literally 10 minutes to go into this room by yourself. And uh, you get to like smash things like cups and mugs and plates and alarm clocks and computer screens. Who doesn't want to do that, right? A computer screen. And you just get to go nuts for like 10 minutes and smash everything you possibly can smash in that 10 minutes. Now, how many of you are going, hey, can Matt Price so we can just go up to Lumberjacks, right? Yeah, I want to go do that too. Um, and so I was thinking, uh, I was thinking about this this week, and I was thinking about them going to do do this and, and all of that, and uh, I was thinking about how the fact that first of all, like I kind of want to go, I kind of want to do it. I think it'd be really really fun, uh, all of that. But I was actually also thinking about. Um, Essentially, uh, how popular rage rooms, like somebody mouthed it because they knew where I was going in the midst of this conversation, how popular rage rooms have gotten over the last several years. So I did a little research. Uh, The first rage room happened in Japan in 2008. And since then, right, the last, you know, 10, 12 years, whatever, um, they've been like popping up all over the place, all over many, many countries. And now there are hundreds and hundreds of them across the United States, right? We have one just in our backyard in St. Joe, Michigan. And so it made me think this week about like why, why, what happened over the last like 10 plus years to why are these rage rooms such a craze? Why is everybody loving them and those kind of things? And, um, and if I can make this leap this morning, folks, I, I actually think that part of why they've gotten so popular is because, can, and I'll just say this, and you might, I think you probably will agree with this. I think it, rage rooms have gotten so popular because we are angrier than ever. Right, And many of you are already nodding your heads. We, we as a culture are the more angry than we have ever been. We are now, and you may have heard this term, uh, and maybe you haven't, but we are living in what many are calling right now the age of outrage. Have you ever heard that? We are living in the age of outrage. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, Aaron, smite you for going to the rage room. I actually think that rage rooms are kind of cool, and I think it's actually going to be a really healthy way of dealing with uh, anger and frustration, right? How many of you know the punch in a pillow thing? That's actually that's a good way to do that, right? So the, I'm not, I'm not going to like dog on rage rooms this morning, but I wanted to use that idea and the popularity of them to get to this concept this morning about how outraged we seem to be. Like, I think you would agree, right, that doesn't it just seem like everybody's always mad about everything? 
It just feels like everybody's mad about every, everything. Like, and it just feels like uh, essentially like everything, everything is just polarizing or potentially divisive. It just feels like everything is. And, and it ultimately feels like we're either in a fight or the next one's right around the corner. I don't know if you feel that. I feel that way. And whether that's with topics like politics or race or vaccines and masks, the LGBT community, legalizing marijuana, and then the last couple of weeks there's been this discussion about the purity culture in the church and how we've done it wrong and all this kind of stuff, and the list could go on and on and on and on and on of topics and discussion and things that are just, just feels like, man, here's what, this week I felt like, I just feel like we are as a culture, our fists are always clenched looking for the next punch we can throw. That's what it feels like to me. And ultimately then, you, you, if we're internally that way, right, folks, if we're internally experiencing, and I feel like I'm internally experiencing that, then you throw social media in there and everybody has a place to throw some punches, man, it gets pretty toxic. It gets very toxic. And so it made me lead me to this question. Anybody else tired of living that way? I'm tired. I'm tired of living where I feel like I'm constantly clenched fist and looking for my next fight. And I'm tired of a culture that's, that's living that way. And so, uh, and the reason I think, folks, that many of us are tired is because we are not designed by God to live a life like that. We are not. Take a look at a couple of scriptures. Romans 12, 18. It says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Let me repeat that. As far as it depends on you, live at odds? No, peace with everyone. Hebrews 12, 14, pursue peace with all people. And then I think the second part's even important too. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. By the way, holiness and seeing the Lord as connected to peace. And then again, back in Romans 14, 19, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Here's the truth, and where we're gonna head today, folks, is we are not designed by God to chase after, be okay with, or press into an age of outrage, folks. We are not. No, that we are actually supposed to live a life that we're trying to chase the complete opposite of those things into peace. And, And ultimately, like if that means we gotta agree to disagree, sometimes just agree to disagree and move on, not continuing to throw punch after punch after punch. And so what we're going to look at today is how to do that. How, how, do, how do we live when we are, uh, I think we, you would acknowledge that we are in the age of outrage, right? I don't, I don't think that like, um, uh, we can deny that. It's where the age we're in. But how do we personally, how do we live in such a way that we can um, successfully live above the age of outrage? And I think there's some really good things uh, for us in the midst of this today. Um, so I think this is a really important topic today, and if, you, if you're a praying person, pray for me as I go through this teaching today, um, because I, I literally thought this week, I thought, you know, I'm probably going to honk somebody off in the midst of this teaching today, um, just because, folks, I think we got to do some things differently, especially those of you in the room that are followers of Jesus. Gosh, we got to do something different, right? And so uh, I'm not going to intentionally tick you off today, but I might, by the way, and that may not be me. It might be God doing something in you, okay? So just be, pray- just be praying about that as we go through this teaching today. Uh, so we're going to talk today about how to effectively move on, let things go, all right? We're going to talk about that. And so uh, before we do that, 
Uh, many of you know we are in our, in our summer series, got a couple more weeks of this, of Ancient Post, Timeless Wisdom for a Life on Purpose, and we're walking in this series through the, the timeless wisdom in the book of Proverbs. It's a wisdom book, uh, and ultimately taking these, these, these Proverbs, these one-liners, and applying them to our lives. So how do we live a life more on purpose? And today we're going to look at two Proverbs in chapter 12 and 19 that will give us our context and the value of letting things go and not perpetuating an age of outrage. So let's look at the first one, Proverbs 12, 16. It says, fools show their annoyance at once. And then here it is, but the prudent overlook an insult. So the prudent, the wise, which I think all of us are chasing after, the more, more wisdom, being able to do life better, right? They, us, if we can do it, let things go, move on. Overlook an insult. And if you flip over a couple pages then to chapter 19, verse 11, Proverbs 19.11 says this. It says, a person, person's wisdom yields patience. We talked about that last, last week, right? Patience is important. So a person's wisdom yields patience, and it is to one's glory, here it is again, to overlook an offense. You see, there's instruction to and value in letting things go. It is important to let it go. So let it go, let it go. Some of you, you knew I was going there, didn't you? You knew I was gonna do it, right? I had to, right? See, there is, but there is instruction in the Bible, folks, for us to, to uh, lean into, press into, letting things go, not throwing punch after punch. So much more, actually, than uh, of letting things go than to throw punches. And so if we are going to have any chance of, of doing better or shutting down the age of outrage that we are living in, in our spheres of influence, folks, I think that we need to take these things to heart today uh, or otherwise we're going to um, just perpetuate this culture. And so I think there's some really um, important things in these two verses we're going to pick out today. All right? Now, super critical topic today. So our title is Drop It, Moving On in the Age of Outrage. And uh, uh, so as we dive into that, I want to pray. Uh, I think it's important to pray over this one. So if you would pray with me and then I'll give you a couple things to think about. So God, we come to you this morning and we just ask, Father, that, um, that as we take a look into a topic that is, I think it's just swirling all around us, that ultimately, God, that you would teach us something, that you would do something in us this morning, God, that maybe we didn't have when we came in, or maybe it was something we have had, but maybe we'd be reminded of it this morning, that ultimately we would do better at this, especially those of us in the room that are followers of Jesus that we would not perpetuate an outrage culture, but we would change it because you're gonna change us. Do something supernatural among us, we pray. Gotta make our hearts, our minds, our souls sticky and supernatural. Jesus-type stuff would stick to us as we uh, go through the next few minutes together. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, all right, you can uh, write this first point down. We have two today. Here's the first one. Moving on in the age of outrage includes, number one, seriously silencing our irritations. You can write that down. Seriously silencing our irritations. Uh, maybe a better way to say that would be uh, essentially, I, I think, folks, that we need to just not be so darn touchy. I think in 2021, we need to not be so darn touchy. And if I go back to the text in uh, our first proverb, chapter 12, uh, verse 16, it says this. It says, yes, or it says fools, yes, fools, all right, show their annoyance at once. So fools show their annoyance but the prudent, the wise, overlook, they move on from an insult, move on from many subjects, move on from challenges, insults, not let them get to them. 
And so as I was thinking about that this week, I was thinking, here's the, folks, if we're, gonna, if we're gonna be able to do this, if we are literally going to be able to move on in the age of outrage, we first and foremost have to look at ourselves. We have to ask some questions of ourselves and really ask our, ourselves this particular question, how touchy am I? I, I don't know if we're introspective enough in the midst of the season we're in about how touchy we actually are. Now, if you're like me, uh, I think it sometimes kind of depends on the day, right? Uh, like, it ultimately, if, if I didn't get much sleep the night before, or I'm hungry and I need to eat something or something like that, um, often uh, we can be, like, irritated if we're uh, tired or, or angry or we're hungry, you know, all those kind of things. So, so I think, um, you know, the reality is it could depend on the day, it could depend on the situation, all those kinds of things. Um, and I think that we can be a little more understanding if we're uh, ir- irritated when we don't get enough sleep, right? Like a few nights ago, I was up at three o'clock in the morning and uh, I irritated my wife because I woke her up because I just wanted to talk because I couldn't sleep. So she was irritated with me the next day, right? Like all those kinds of things, right? So I think we can understand, right? When you don't sleep or you're hungry or something like that, 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 that kind of makes more sense. But what I'm talking about today is not so much in that sphere of things, But what I'm talking about today is like when somebody um, posted something or they said something and it hurt you or and you disagreed with it and and you're like, well, I had no choice. I mean, they were wrong, so I had to get up in their face, right? It's that kind of thing that I'm talking about today, okay? Um, Note again in the verse, it says this. It says, fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook the insult. So fools show Fools will rush in and and get up in somebody's face and say, hey, you're wrong, right? Fools do those things, right? But the wise overlook the insult. See, there's there's value, and man, if we can really put this into practice, there's value in Scripture to literally overlook our irritations, silence those irritations in us. Not just giving full vent to our rage, how many of you know a lot of people are giving full vent to their rage today? Actually, there's a, another proverb that says exactly that. It says in Proverbs 29, 11, says, fools give, there it is again, right? Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. And so here's the thing. Here's what I'm gonna try to get at in this point. <laughs> and this is where I might honk some of you off. Um, folks, do you realize that you actually don't have to comment on Facebook? Like, they're not going to kick you off the, the Facebook, right? The, and I call it the Facebook. That was a little weird. They're not going to call, they're not going to knock you off Facebook because you don't comment. Like, you don't have to do that. Like, you can literally ignore it. And, and, all, and all, the, the, the best invention they ever put on Facebook is when you can hide people. You don't even have, like, you don't even have to defriend them, right? You can just hide them from your feed. And then, like, then things get happier. It's a... Some of you aren't getting this yet. All right, here's the other one. Okay, here's the other one. Do you actually know that you don't have to reply to every text message? There's this really magical thing with cell phones these days. If you swipe left, it actually deletes it. Did you know that? It's a magical thing. And like, you don't actually have to do that. Like, you don't have to pick up the phone call. You don't, ha- you don't have to dial the phone number. Like, folks, we have, what I'm trying to say is we have choices in the midst of this. And I think sometimes we are swimming all up in this, and so we feel like we don't, and we do. I've known a lot of people, by the way, um, and you've heard me say this before, I, if, I could, if I had any 
Two things I would do in the world if I could change anything. I would let more people experience Jesus, but I would shut down social media. And, and so I've known a lot of people, folks, that was like, you know what, this is toxic. I, and, 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 if, and this was not in my notes. If you, if you wanna get, do better in the age of outrage today, folks, you know what? You might consider actually deleting your Facebook. Deleting social media. And I know, right, then we live in this whole like FOMO culture, right, where fear of missing out, and then it's like, well, I won't know what's going on. And by the way, it's great because I don't do a whole lot of Facebook stuff anymore, um, but Leah actually love it because Leah tells me everything that's going on because I'm not on Facebook much anymore. So just to connect with somebody who is on Facebook and they can tell you everything happening in the world. But like, but what I had to do is, man, I was wasting so much of my time and it was so toxic that I was like, I'm just done. So I only, like, I only respond to Facebook when people actually uh, like friend me or do this kind of thing. Like I'm just not on it that much. And so if you, if you want to be better in this, you might consider just stopping Facebook, social media, all that kind of stuff. Um, I actually think it's one of the worst inventions that we've ever experienced as human beings. I don't think it's really helpful. So that was not in my notes. That was free for you this morning, right? And so I was trying to think, okay, well, why do, so I, I still can get like this though and I can still get involved in some of that stuff and there can be some of that stuff I'm getting better at. I think Jesus is working on me in the midst of that. But I was thinking, like, if you're like me, uh, why? I'm like, why do I get like this? And, and, and I'm guessing many of you are like me where like often I think I have to have the last word. I often feel like I have to have this word or, or like, hey, um, uh, you know, if I, think, if, that, if, I, if I think this thing, then they ought to hear it because I think it. By the way, how arrogant is that? If, if I think that I am so great that I, if, if I think something that somebody else has to hear it. By the way, just so you know, you don't have to say everything you think. See, I'm totally going to tick some of you off today. So here's what I'm trying to get at. I think, we, I think we are involved in so many things and so much activity is coming to us that we, we just are so touchy about so many things that honestly, folks, here's the reality. Most of this stuff is temporary. It doesn't matter all that much. So I think we need to ask ourselves how touchy we are. Now, I know saying that is easy, okay? Practicality is hard. But I want to I want to be a church, folks, that chase after chases after that practicality. I want to be an individual individual that chases after that practicality. So, let's do that. And so then I was thinking, okay, but how to do that? And then I saw this. Uh, anybody uh, American Got Talent? America's Got Talent fans? Anybody like that show? A couple of you in the room. Okay, a couple weeks ago, I was watching America's Got Talent, and I actually happened. To, I don't watch it very much, uh, but I, I happened to catch this con- contestant that uh, did her audition. Her name is uh, Madeline Bailey. She's a singer and a YouTube creator. And uh, I, I caught her just because I was just flipping through the channels. I happened to catch her audition. And it, it just really struck me because the song that she sang for her audition was a song that she created. Um, and the song that she created was uh, uh, all of uh, every negative hate comment that she's gotten on, not everyone, but all of the, all of the hate, hate comments that she's gotten on her YouTube channel. That's how she created the song. And I actually got a clip of it for you today. Um, but this was people being... Uh, in the age of outrage on her YouTube channel based on the things that she was creating and putting out. Uh, So take a look at this video. A mom thinks he just got killed by a cat. They hauled the song away in a body bag. Eat a murder. Eat a burger. Why do you make every song sad? 
Her sound is so trash, her voice is very bad, bad, very, very bad, very, 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 very bad. Interesting, wasn't it? I was like, I, I saw that and I was like, wow. Well, first of all, I thought, that's a pretty good song. Like, oh, and so like, and by the way, she can sing pretty well, right? And so I'm like, it's crazy to me that like we are living in such a world that it's like people were like, wow, I'd feel really bad for my neighbors if I did this to them and let you sing. And hey, you should eat a burger because you're too skinny. And like all this kind of just pick, 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 throw, 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 like the age of outrage, right? And so what I love about Madeline's song is that ultimately, folks, she, is, she did exactly what I think we need to do and what we're talking about in this topic today. Right? She put this proverb, and ultimately, when we look back at Romans chapter 12, into practice, right? let me remind you of Romans 12. It says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. I love it because she made a really fun song instead. Right? She could have like internalized all those things and she could have dealt with all that stuff, but she was like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip this on its head and I'm gonna make a really great song. And then, by the way, did you see Simon Cowell actually was smiling? <laughs> right? I think that's so cool. And I think, folks, if we can do the same, if we can uh, flip some things on and go, yeah, that's okay. I can hide that. I can, and we just, we just move on. I, I think we need to follow her example. And, and, and again, I, I think it's a real challenge to do so, especially uh, to do so consistently and all those kind of things. Because I do probably think she probably struggled some, right? As she's a YouTube creator, she's trying to do some things. She's trying to use the gifts that God has given to her and all those kind of things. You know, she's trying to figure out how to do all that. And somebody uh, saying those things, it's got to be hard and all that. But I think it's, so it's really, really hard to do that and silence these irritations. Um, I know it is really for me. But, and it's why, folks, today I want to be really clear and just say, I will submit to you that the only way we're going to do this the only way we're gonna do this is that if we truly um, allow Jesus to take residence in our soul, okay? We need Jesus in this whole thing we call life, folks. Because how many of you know we're gonna mess it up otherwise? We're gonna mess it up. Jesus says in John 15, five, it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So folks, if we think we're gonna um, just delete our Facebook 
and you know, uh, we're going to uh, like hide people from our cell phone and those kind of things, and maybe we just won't go to that thing or that. That'll help, by the way. Um, but until there's something that Jesus does inside of this here, we will continue to deal with this over and over and over and over. We need Jesus to pull this off to change us in order to change the age of outrage. And by the way, folks, by the church ought to be leading the way in the change to the age of outrage. We, us, should be leading the way. And so unless we submit, some of us, maybe at first time, maybe uh, us fully submit to a holy God in this, um, I think we're going to continue to see this because what this does, when we give our lives over to Christ, fully to Christ, he, he presses against that, those parts inside of us, folks. He presses uh, against those things for us to be more outraged about things. And he can change that in us and help us resist our natural desires of that. Resist our natural desires to sometimes look for a fight. I'm, I'm, man, I guess I think so many people right now are just looking for a fight. I almost think that, I was thinking about it this way this week. I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about the, the fact that there's almost an addiction to being offended right now. And so I think, um, by the way, uh, I don't think anybody goes, hey, let me be addicted to something. And so the, the truth is, folks, if there's an addiction to being offended, I think we ought we to let Jesus press against us in that so we don't live in that addiction. So that's our first thing this morning. Moving on, the age of outrage includes seriously silencing our irritation. Second thing, and I kind of already alluded to this a little bit today, uh, but moving on in the age of outrage includes purposely losing to win. You write that in, purposely losing to win. It's the second proverb that we looked at today, Proverbs 19.11. It says, a person's wisdom, wisdom yields patience, and then it says, it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. And I want to focus on that phrase. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense in this uh, point for a few minutes. Um, the truth is, is if we're going to be effective to navigate 2021 and beyond in this rage culture that we're living in, it's going to require, folks, of us a change of focus, often away from the offense itself, right, the thing that's happening to us or around us and those kind of things, um, and not just letting our irritations go uh, to move on, to drop it and all that, but to ultimately, um, even when we have the right to press the issue, right, uh, ultimately to choose to intentionally let things go. So at, in the short term, we may lose, but in the long term, we may gain. And so this text again says, it is to our benefit to overlook an offense. So which means, right, if we lose now, it is to our benefit to overlook, then ultimately what that means to me is that there's gonna be a win coming at some point later on. So if we lose now, a win is coming. Suggesting that ultimately, it is better for us to take the loss in the short term than it is to uh, take the short-term win. But can I submit to you that I think many of us take the short-term wins? Now, you may be like me, and, and you would self-identify yourself as a justice-driven person. You may say, like, I'm, I'm justice-driven. Those, those of us that are like that, we kind of have a super sense for, and desire for justice, right, and making things right and those kind of things, and we're not compelled we're by emotion or those kind of things. We're compelled by the facts, and if that's the fact, then it's okay. And blah, blah. Like, some of you might be that way. I, I can tend to be that way. And so uh, <laughs> I, I'm guessing some of you uh, already for this point when I said lose to win, you're going, um, mm -mm, no, no way. Matt's not going to tell us we've got to take it on the chin, right? 
Like he's not, by the way, I'm going to tell you, we're going to take it on the chin a little bit, right? But I'm, I'm not saying we got to take it on the chin for everything, right? I'm not saying that we got to let, let people always just walk over us and all those kind of things. I think there's some level of that where sometimes you do have to stand up for those things and, and whatnot. But, but folks, can I just say, I think that we're supposed to take it on the chin for some things and let God ultimately handle some things, keeping the most things, the important things that is the important thing of living with and for Jesus, keeping that as high priority number one. Uh, but ultimately, let, let God take care of some stuff. How many of you know he has all power and authority? Right? We, can, we can let God deal with some stuff. I know I mentioned this before, if you've been around the church for some time, but do you know that followers of Jesus aren't always supposed to win? Followers of Jesus often are supposed to lose. Like, it's, it's actually part of this whole thing. Um, and, uh, and actually, sometimes a lot. I can often forget that. I think, I think because I am a justice-driven person, I can, I can focus sometimes too much on the justice. Like, this is right, this is the facts, and all that kind of stuff. And I can, I can lose sight of those kinds of things um, and uh, lose sight of the fact that sometimes I'm just supposed to take a loss, willingly. Like, sometimes I'm supposed to willingly, folks, we are supposed to willingly take a loss sometimes. And by the way, it's biblical. Did you know that? It's biblical. Now, if you, you go, nah, no, it's not, Matt. Don't believe me? Look at some scripture. All right, let's dive in. All right, there's an interesting chunk of scripture in Matthew chapter five. This is, some of you know, this is, is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Okay, this is when uh, he was going up on the mountain. He's teaching a bunch of people, and there was uh, chapters five, six, and seven. He walks through these things where they're like, well, hey, this is what we know is right, and that's, that's correct. And Jesus said, hey, you've heard it said that this, you thought this was right, but here's what I say. And he throws out these radical ideas of different things on how, really how to live differently in the context of what he would say. And uh, the, the cool part is this justice thing, this losing to win thing is actually part of what he talks about in here. Uh, and it says in Matthew 5, 38 and through 42, it says, you've heard that it was said, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. So justice, hey, justice trumps all. That's what you've heard, right? But he says, I tell you, do not resist an evil person. And then look at this, it says, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. What? And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give the one who asks you, do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Quite interesting, rather than looking for justice to actually lose a lot. You've heard that it was said, hey, do this and do that, folks, in 2021. But Jesus would say, right? Jesus would say, I tell you, take it on the chin. And so I love that the suggestion here is not one of justice, but one of losing, and, and a lot. Why? Because it's to our benefit. Now, obviously not in, not in the immediate, right? Because if you get slapped on one cheek and then you get slapped on the other cheek, anybody ever been slapped, by the way, like really hard? It's, it's not fun, all right? And so actually, just I want to do an illustration. Anybody want me to want to come up here and let me slap them a couple times? No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that, right? Right, so it's not gonna be fun in the immediate, right? It's not gonna feel good in the immediate, right? But the suggestion here is ultimately, right, there will be, a, there will be something that will come our way. May not, it may be tomorrow, maybe uh, two weeks from now, maybe years from now. But for those who walk that path and under the headship of Jesus, a benefit, a reward is on its way. I think I often can forget that. I was thinking back to a few years ago, uh, I was working in another church, and, and I was in the office one day. It was at the end of the day, and uh, Lee and I had taken our car over to Discount Tire. There were some things wrong with the tire. 
And I remember uh, being on the phone, and they called me because something broke while they were doing stuff. And oh, I think they, I think they broke one of the um, the stems off the off the wheel well or off the off the wheel. And so, like, well, it's going to be this much money to fix, blah 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 blah. And and so I was like, well, I didn't break it. You broke it. So you pay for it and whatever. So I was in this conversation with them and then it became a little more pointed and those kind of things. To the point where at one point I was like, I think I literally was yelling at this gentleman on the phone. And uh, when I got off the phone, uh, I, I, I was frustrated. I went back to doing work or whatever. And one of my colleagues came by at that point uh, who's a little older than me. I've uh, been following Jesus for a really long time. And I wrote down what he said this week. He said, hey, Matt, just remember that sometimes we're called to just let other people win and take the loss. And then he just walked on. Because he heard me yelling at this guy on the phone. And by the way, I didn't represent Jesus very well. And, and so I, I was, at first I was a little frustrated. I was like, well, because, and I was like, oh, you know, that's true. I, I forgot that I need to sometimes take the loss. I think so easily, folks, that we, and again, some of it's because of the culture we're living in, but I think we can just grab onto the easy thing, the, the immediate thing, the, the thing that's right in front of us, and ultimately we need to take the loss so that we can get the win in the long run. Play the long game. There's value in adopting a losing attitude. I know that's even kind of weird for me to say, by the way, because some of you guys are sports people. and like, no, no coach would ever want you to be like, right? Like, but it's, so it's even weird to say, but this is the way of Christ. Taking the short-term challenge for the long-term win. So I started thinking about people in scripture who did this. Uh, and so thinking about the story of Noah in Genesis 6, 7, and 8, you can write that on your handout. I don't have a spot for you, but you can write that and read that this week on your time. But man, the, the story of Noah, if you think about the story of Noah, um, many of you know, right, in the ark and the flood and all those kind of things, it is assumed by scholars that, that Noah took it on the chin a lot. Because, right, there was a 70-plus year, the estimate, some say it's maybe more than 100 or whatever, but a long time to build this boat for this quote-unquote flood that was coming that nobody believed was going to happen. So talk about insult and, and uh, ultimately um, you know, ridicule and all those kind of things. And then, right, uh, he lost everything, right? He lost literally everything when the flood actually came. There was a 200-day, six-month time that he had in this ark, and ultimately then uh, he and his family were the only ones on the planet that were left. He lost everything he had, lost, and humanity was wiped out. And so what a, 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 again, some of you go, 70 years is in a short term. But the reality is a 70-year challenge of building this boat and doing all those kind of things, right? And then ultimately, this, this six-month process, great challenge, but ultimately, he got a great gain at the end. By the way, his life and his family's life. And I was thinking about the example of Jesus. And Jesus' death on the cross is another example. Actually, it's the greatest example, right? Do, folks, do you know that Jesus took it on the chin for you? He went, on a, he went on a cross, died a very painful death that, what, by the way, you deserve, I deserve. Every single one of us deserves what Jesus took on for us. And by the way, it, it was a pretty gruesome process in the midst of that, but the, the grand scheme of things, right, we're talking, we're talking a week's time, right, short term for eternity. Think about that for a minute. Talk about the short term loss for the major win for us. That's a big deal. There's just something about this losing to win thing that I think sometimes we as humans just don't understand. But there's a couple of scriptures I want to share. First Thessalonians 5.15. It says, make, every, uh, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. 
but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Like, if you take just that scripture, folks, there's something about this losing to win thing. And I think we understand this some too, right, as these guys are getting ready to go. Um, I think we understand this because we see similar examples, applicable things in life examples, right, like uh, weight loss or chasing financial freedom or marriage and uh, counseling. You could do marriage counseling for a year to save your marriage. Like, we understand the short-term challenge, right, denying yourself food or, or exercising. We, 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 all, we get all of that stuff for the ultimate uh, gain if we stick with it, right? We understand that. Matthew 16, 25 says, for whoever wants to save their life, look at this, will lose it. But whatever loses their life for me will find it. And I think there's something to that, folks. If we, it is to our glory to overlook an offense. There's something positive for us coming if we can do it. We're supposed to take the loss here, there, you and I, especially those of us that are followers of Jesus. Adopt a losing attitude. Let God handle some things. It's in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 17, it says, for our light, <laughs> I love this scripture, Actually, some ways I don't like the scripture. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And when I think about that, folks, I, I think about that verse. If we, in the grand scheme of eternity, by the way, our, it's, there's another scripture that says our, light is, our life is a mist. It's just here for a little while and then it's gone. It disappears. And so in the grand scheme of eternity, our life, our 70, 80, 90 years that we get on this earth, it's just a little blip. And for these light and momentary troubles, like if, if, if we've got to lose some things in this moment and so that ultimately we can achieve more on the long, long range plan, oh man, that'd be well worth it. Because it's achieving for us rather than taking from us. And so the question though for us is, is how willing are we to lose? How willing are you to lose how willing am I to lose? Folks, we want to talk about something that can change the outrage culture that we're in. This is it. When people would look at you and go, you should be really mad, Ben, and you're not. Wouldn't that flip, flip the things upside down in a crazy world? <laughs> I was thinking this week about, uh, there was a situation, hmm, I'm gonna tell you this story. Uh, there's a situation where like, somebody was like, if they were gonna take this person to court or those kind of things. And do you know Christians aren't supposed to take each other to court? That's actually in the Bible. That's interesting. Well, Pastor Josh is gonna talk a little bit about this next week when he does his message, but there's some, there's some times, folks, that we're just supposed to let things go so much that it's outrageous that we're letting it go. Because then the world goes, why'd you do that? And you get to go, because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. That is how a hurting world is gonna understand who Christ is. Amen? Oh, y'all are not awake anymore. That is how a hurting world is gonna see Jesus when we do the outrageous thing that everyone expects, everyone else, every human on the planet. I'm yelling at you, I'm sorry. I think, hmm, hmm, okay. Don't encourage me. <laughs> I don't wanna, because folks, I, I'm, I'm in this. I, I, I want, I'm, I'm like this, I do this. We are too much like the stinking world. 
We need to be outrageously different. And so some of us just need to let some stuff go. And it will show a hurting world who Christ is. How many, when you look at the Old Testament, there were tons of people, right? Tons of people that were just looking for, well, show me that Christ is real. Show me that Christ is real. Guess what? Guess who, guess the way that Jesus does that, folks, now? Through us. We are his vessels to get out the kingdom of God to other people. And if we want to show Christ to other people, it means we're going to have to do some outrageous things. And we're going to have to show people to go, hey, that's okay. How many of you know that if I literally let you come up here, and, I'm not going to let you do this. How many of you, if I let you come up and slap me and then slap me again, that's a pretty outrageous thing, right? The truth is that I think that we have gotten too comfortable just to be just too much like the, and me too, like the rest of the world. And we need to take some slaps. So we're gonna have an opportunity to receive, do some prayer about that specifically in just a little bit. Um, and I hope that you'll uh, take that seriously in just a, just a minute. So um, why don't you stand? I'm gonna move into a time of, of prayer this morning. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.